Hello and welcome back to Women of Marvel. We are so excited to finally be back in your podcast feeds. This mini episode is a bonus, but you can find us right here every Thursday starting October 28th. My name is Angelique Roche. I'm Ellie Pyle. And I'm Judy Stevens. Can you believe we've been talking about the incredible Women of Marvel for more than 250 episodes? Oof, that is that is a, a lot of episodes. That is so many episodes and in less time than you would think. But also, I don't want to think about how time works, given that I was here at the beginning of this. <laughs> what is time? Mm-mm. What is time? I mean, in the beginning, we were doing it weekly. Uh, yeah. So every week we would be dragged into a room. I would drag many of people and we would talk for like 30, 45 minutes. And there was very good times. And now it's very organized. <laughs> so when I say uh, in less time than you think, I mean, this was a ton of work for Judy in particular <laughs> at the beginning. <laughs> I gladly did it because it mattered. You know, now you go to to cons and shows there's all these podcasts you know this was before the me too and and all the different political moments that have happened in the last you know five or six years we were just we wanted to have a conversation about why we as women and then obviously non-binary and 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 everything that goes from there like why we didn't feel that we belonged in this community but we should we should believe that we belonged here because we did well and judy you can correct me if i'm wrong but i believe this really did grow out of the panels that we were doing at New York Comic Con and the fact that those conversations were so incredible that it was just, well, why why can't we do this more often? There's there's so much more to talk about than we can fit into this hour panel a couple times a year. Yeah. I mean, we first did that Women of Marvel panel in 2009 at San Diego Comic Con, and then we brought it to New York Comic Con in 2010. And we were in the room. We were feeling this energy, this excitement, this need to continue the conversation. And then we launched in June 2014. And now there's comic books. You've got a book coming very soon and like a whole huge community of folks online who listen to the podcast, who look at the articles now with Ask and Answered. It's it's mm-hmm. just really honestly become such an amazing family of folks just from that one moment, that one panel, that that idea. Yeah, it's the family. It's that true idea, the Marvel family ringing true to a new generation of people coming. The door is open for everyone, and, and it's so important. You know, obviously, different hosts have come along the way in this in this story, and every person who's been on this podcast is epic, amazing. And let's take a little bit of a, a step back into time and think about some of our favorite episodes from those 250. I mean, some of my favorite have been the Pride episode. If you haven't heard it, it's from June 2019. You should go back and definitely listen to it. Leah Williams, Vida Ayala, and Teeny Howard join us. It was fabulous, amazing conversation. And I just loved being able to bring in people who had never had their opportunity to tell their stories along the way from, you know, a lot of the editors. We would do many editor roundtables where we'd welcome new assistant or associate editors. We've had scientists on. We've had costume Fashion designers. designers. Yeah. Fashion designers. Yeah. Angelique and I have the same brain. <laughs> <laughs> it is true. It's been a good 250. I can't wait to see what our next 250 will be. 
We have so many favorite interviews. Kind of as you were talking, I was reminded of the episode you kind of came up to me and asked me about that I think was my first time on Women of Marvel, which is we sat down with Simone Missick and we talked about the power of hair. For those of you who like watched Marvel's Luke Cage, which was on Netflix, Simone actually like made a big stir and was very important that her hair was natural as Misty Knight. And it, it's been one of those things that is is kind of a journey for a lot of women of color and women who wear their hair curly. Talking about first episodes, I had a wonderful time the first time I got to be on Women of Marvel, which was back in like year one Women of Marvel times. And it was just so great just kind of talking about, you know, the women of Marvel at that time. I was just so lucky to have so many awesome women that I was working with at that period in my career that it was it was neat to just kind of get to sit down with them and have that retrospective. Those episodes in the beginning, we didn't quite know. I was learning as we went, technically, learning how to edit podcasts and learning how to make them sound good. It was rough, but it was amazing. This moment in time that we were wanting to do something that no one had really done before at the company and telling these stories, it's kind of magical to think back. Seven years, right? Seven years. Math. Yes. No, we're not the only people at Marvel who have hit 250. Many of our characters and comics have, too. There have been some incredible 250th issues in Marvel Comics. So my personal favorite is actually a fun fact that I learned while, because, you know, you read so many comics, you're not thinking about, like, what number issue was this. So I had to go back and do some research. And I learned John Romita Jr. actually drew both the 250th issue of Spider-Man and the 250th issue of Daredevil. And for Daredevil, it was his first issue on the book, which was super fun. And that was during the Andesenti time. And then on Spider-Man, it was during the whole Hobgoblin era. But that was a fun fact that I picked up while looking into all of this. How about you all? Do you have some favorite 250th issues? Sometimes you hit it and it's like, much like we hit it with Women of Marvel, and we're like, oh, we're here? All right, well, I guess we should do something special. Let's make it festive. Like, I don't... I, like, <laughs> let's, let's make it festive. Let's, let's make it let's, festive. Let's put a button on the cover. Well, and I think the thing about 250 that is actually really the benchmark is that the story was so good and the character kept developing that at some point in time, people weren't paying attention to that it was issue 75 or issue 150 or issue 196 or issue 250. So if I had to pick any 250 and be honest, I would have to pick Roger Stern's Avengers run. Honestly, 296 is my saddest and I'm a fan of 235. And that's the thing about being a comic book fan, right? It's like the greatest thing happens in between the panels and sometimes 250 lands in between a story that you love and maybe nothing that particularly amazing happened in 250 but you kept reading and you kept wanting to know what was happening with your character and you got to 252 and 254 and you just kept going and so I think it's I think it's pretty interesting that it's not necessarily for me like there was a 250th comic that was like my favorite but there were comics that I loved that got over 250 because the story was just that good yeah I mean the looking at the Issue 250 of Uncanny X-Men is this epic cover with 
Zaladon, Zaladane sort of taking out Polaris. Mm-hmm. That's the thing I think when you first started discovering comics is that like there's no like volume numbers. There probably is a 250 issue of a specific comic, but it not actually be numbered that because there's all different eras and different periods and different like years that comics are made. You know, I think any milestone and to what Angelique said, like the fact that there are hundreds upon hundreds of comics is in itself a magical thing. The fact that like as I do all this research into these people who made comics in the 60s and 70s and 80s, the fact that they got the books out, out the door, they're doing something. Yeah, because you have to do this every week. Sometimes you have multiple issues going out in a month. Like, I I think that's something people don't necessarily think about is just like the volume of comics. You know, we were talking about how 250 episodes of Women of Marvel in a shorter period of time than you would imagine. You know, the same thing for comics that like, yes, most of the books are coming out monthly, but you're just working on so many books at a time so it's just a a keep the machine fed keep the stories getting into people's hands yeah i agree and if anybody knows i mean that's how you get to 250 though like it had to be a story and it had to be characters that we knew and we loved right happy belated birthday to us and particularly like shout out to judy and sana and adri and lorraine and names that i probably don't know because i am the baby here it's Fine. I'm just so excited because we've got a great season coming up with witches and cosplayers and YA books and Marvel's creators past and present. So much goodness. Our first episode airs Thursday, October 28th on SiriusXM, Marvel Podcasts Unlimited, which is our new channel on Apple Podcasts and wherever you get your podcasts. Women of Marvel is produced by Alexis Williams, Isabel Robertson, Jasmine Estrada, Ellie Pyle, Judy Stevens, and Angelique Roche. Our development manager is Brad Barton. Our production manager is Larissa Rosen. Our executive producer is Jill DeBoff. See you next week. 